You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fabulous 54 Below. Before we get started this evening, just a polite reminder, please take this moment to silence your cell phones, and also there is no flash photography, please. Welcome to the 54 Below podcast. I'm Nella Vera, the club's director of marketing. Our guest today caught the attention of theater fans all over with her recent starring role as the Princess of Wales in the Broadway production of Diana the Musical, for which she was nominated for a Drama Desk Award. The show was also recorded for Netflix, garnering fans worldwide. She starred as Lauren in Kinky Boots and as Heather in American Idiot on Broadway, as well as originating the role of Dawn in the ART production of Waitress and the role of Mary Barry in the ART production of Finding Neverland. Other notable credits include Glinda in the National Tour of Wicked and Janet in the Rocky Horror Show at the Old Globe. On October 28th and 29th, she returns to 54 Below with another solo show. Gina DeWalt, welcome to our podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Uh, I can definitely uh, count myself as a huge fan. So it's, it's a particularly exciting day on the podcast today. Um, let me ask you, um, Diana came to Broadway and found a really, really passionate fan base, the Defanas, of course. Uh, why do you think so many people embraced the show and, and felt so strongly about it? People love to root for an underdog. And I think when it got the bad vibes on Twitter and people felt they connected to it, that almost gives you more pride in liking something that's disliked. So I think that's why it sort of has that slight um, culty sense to the fans and, and because, uh, because it's not normal, because not everybody liked it. Mm. Well, I can tell you that as a Gen Xer, I, first of all, always had a fascination with Diana, you know, being the age that I am. But also the show was kind of brilliant in the structure and how it was so 80s in what it was doing. And right. it just, when I saw it, I just thought, wow, this yeah. is crazy and wild, but I also brilliant. And it killed me that people or some critics didn't get it. Well, I don't, I mean, <laughs> it's like, so what, who cares? But when it comes to uh, uh, nominations, I mean, it's mind blowing that it wasn't a, nominated for choreography. It's my yes. that the score wasn't nominated. You know, it gets to a point where you're yeah. like, okay, so what are the reasons behind <laughs> who's judging? Because this is yeah. clearly original work that is really good in every sort of yeah. judging standard that we normally have. So, you know, whatever. To be honest, I couldn't really care less. Yeah. But I just was, I was so infuriated when I went back and saw it again after Roe Hartramp's show, you know, at 54 Below, I saw the Netflix show. And I just realized, wow, it's so perfectly 80s, you know, just yeah, in totally. and it, it, kind of the structure of the show and the way it was created was for that time frame. And I just thought, you know, it, it wasn't going to be a contemporary musical the way, you know, we would do one for a story set in today's time and it just everything about it you know spoke to me as somebody who was of that era so strongly and I just thought this choreography is insane but it's what? so perfect <laughs> you know? I also so, um, 
don't realize is unless you know may, maybe there are shows that know exactly who they are and who their audience is right from the start i've never been involved with one and i've done <laughs> meetings and workshops it's a development it's a morphing and at some point the show takes on a life of its own and it sort of grows with everybody just supporting it. And sometimes that goes right and it meets an audience and it becomes this mega hit. And sometimes it goes weird and it or it develops a quirk. But, you know, um, I think musicals are so collaborative that there's 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 not really those thought out. You're talking almost about marketing when you're getting to like the meaning behind it, you know, the, yeah. the tagline. Do you know what I mean? That's like so far down the line of how shows are made in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you were with the show every step of the way, correct? Yes. From well, David Bryan's daughter did do the first sing through, so I've got to shout <laughs> out. Um, but after that, there was a reading, and that's when I joined. Oh, wonderful! And how did you know what was it like to watch it kind of grow and change? Do you like doing you know shows like that that are in development? So. I, for a long time in my 20s, that was all, I mean, from a teenager, and I did it throughout my 20s, that was all I wanted to do, just like develop new work, and I did. I was in every ensemble of everything, like just, you know, yes, yes, yes. Now, because it's so weird how like the industry of the business works, I can't just be in like the ensemble of a, re- I don't know, people just don't even offer it to me. Do you know what I mean? Plus, yeah. you know, time time as well but so it's like a more they happen less frequently now which is a shame but when they do happen I love them it is literally the reason I became an actor it is my favorite part of the process it brings me so much joy and especially when it's a a nice working environment or it's supported you know with time and resources and all those things that it can just be the most amazing experience and it has been several times in my life yeah um so you mentioned you know you've been acting for you know since you were a teenager how did you start with performing you from a family of performers or well i normally would say no but having spent a lot of time with my family in the pandemic i realized that my great granddad was in the was a sailor who used to come home and do soft sh- shuffle tap while my great grandma played the piano and she used to have a cigarette hanging out her mouth and the smoke used to go up her hair and cause a white streak. I'm never from a family performance. Uh, plus, my granddad was in amateur theater and my mom has recently found amateur theater and I saw her in her a production on Saturday night. It was what? fundraising. What was it? She lives like in a community. <laughs> And one of the people on the community wrote the play. Ah, and she was oh, in it wonderful. and she had to sing two solos. And what? My sister was <laughs> for a long time. She's now a software engineer at Google, but she was an actress, a couple of shows on Broadway, a couple of shows in the West End. But um, so, yeah, I do come from a creative family. Uh, but I, I mean, I went to a performing arts boarding school at 11. Mm. So it was full on every day for 11 that for a long time I you know people say when did you decide you wanted to become an actor and I've been like hmm well I don't remember how this happened this has just happened because (laughs) this is the path I've been you know um so uh and obviously now I'm like a grown adult and I've had to choose it for myself and I I choose it every day with purpose um but yeah so it's just kind of like the life journey that I was on kind of took me to to all this stuff 
Fantastic. Um, so let me ask you about what it was like playing a real person that existed. You know, did, did you feel that was particularly challenging or, you know, was it was just easier to research rather than, you know, I mean, you still made her your own, obviously, but I just, I'm always curious when people have to approach somebody who was actually real and not historically real, you know, not the Queens in six, but like somebody that is still living in the memory and, you know, in the public's mind. Pretty challenging. And it also had the most amazing gift of, we did so many reincarnate, like we did workshop, then we did workshop, then we did out of town, then we did workshop, then we did, you know, so that I had so many chances to leave the project, go live life or whatever's happening in my life and return and be like, oh, and dig a little deeper. Um, so I think it started off very like, just like energy work, you know, where does she live from? And I bought myself some t-shirts that said like, great slogans on and I thought like um and uh, and then and then it got really specific then it was the voice and and exploring that and also exploring how that goes into singing I wanted it to feel seamless in that way and then the final step was physicality my the producers were the most supportive producers and had me um work on this exercise called gyrotonics and then she went twice twice a week for like five months and it's basically Pilates, but more dance-based. And it's basically to work on alignment and deportment so that in the show, I could just relax and my posture would be there rather than either thinking stand up, because I'm kind of slovenly in real life. Like my shows before that were like <laughs> American Idiot, Kinky Boots. There was always this kind of like slovenly energy. Yeah. Um, especially when you're singing to suddenly have like you know, but I wanted to be elegant. Well, everybody wanted me to be very elegant, even belting at the top of my voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, relaxing, you know, like as if you know, regal. Um, so that was the final piece, but it got really, yeah. I mean, but by the time we shot Netflix, I, I mean, I couldn't have been more prepared to be honest. Was, yeah. Well, you so nailed good. it. I mean, the, the whole. So much. I can't believe that it. Whole- Forevermore. I can't believe it's captured forevermore. The only thing, no, I don't want to say that. I was, <laughs> I was in, when we started previews in March 2020, I was in the best shape of my life. Like, as I said, I had two of these classes and I also had two private um, uh, trainer sessions a week for four months. I was in the best shape of my life. And then the pandemic hit and I did what everybody else did. <laughs> and eat and drink and everything and so we are a little tight on the shoe <laughs> you know that was the classic story right that even the new york times was writing stories about of all things to write about were performers and the shape they were in after two years like really we couldn't find other things to write about like <laughs> you know, then remind everybody. Plus we're all human and change, right. our bodies change over right. time. But um, it is, you know, doing a Broadway show, I, I don't think people realize, well, you know, when I, that was one thing that I loved about your performance was the posture and the regalness and that you were just able to belt these songs out, but not, you know, there was no effort. You, you know, so with some performers, you see them, like people who are in Les Mis, you see that they're giving that full effort. And with with you, it was wonderful because it was what you would think of, you know, somebody who's going to be the future queen has to kind of have that comportment and that 
stature, but you were still able to get the emotion and the song out. And I think that's one of the things that fascinated people, to be honest, uh, because it was just so different, you know, as a, as a leading lady, like that look and that kind of style of performance. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think people realize how much Broadway performers have to do eight shows a week, you know, that they're almost athletes in a way. Oh. oh, no, almost. I mean, it's it's a lifestyle. Like, you, it's a wonderful lifestyle. It's a very healthy lifestyle. I mean, I know I understand some people aren't healthy, but it, you can really embrace it as a really healthy lifestyle. Like, it's all about ritual. It's all about sleep. It's all about eating right. It's all about looking after your body. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it, 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 you can't go from zero to 60. You have to, like, psych yourself up. Like, okay, I'm going into this experience. And, but, um, but it, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as, as the star of a show based on Princess Diana, you were at the center of a pop culture moment. What was it like, you know, did people thinking, you know, they just associate you with her now forever. But even in that moment, what was that like? Did you realize how the impact that the show was having on fans and, 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 you know, the worldwide fans who were also watching the stream? Gosh, um, not really. I mean, you know, I mean, I was really calm and focused. Like I really was just like, I, I just was like one day at a time and then it kind of, you know, it only lasted <laughs> like seven weeks. Do you know what I mean? It was like press and then yeah. the show. Um, but those times when you're doing the, the press circuit and the, and the previews and all of that, um, they are wildly intensive. So there's just, it, it, it was hard to even like hold, you know, hold conversations with family members. You know, you're just like in the zone and you're just like, yeah and calm and like um so no not at all and it's only in um I mean it's it, Broadway's so weird because it feels so small here like it's such a small little piece of land and you know everybody and you've been in all these theaters and the people who are sort of champing loudest are usually your friends or the or the fans who come repeatedly to stage doors so you get to know them very quickly that it just feels like very intimate and small um, and I, I appreciate that from a distance it's not because I was a fan from the UK. So I truly appreciate that from a distance, it seems like, whoa, Broadway, like these cast albums and it has this like yeah. massive, but actually when you're in it and living in the life, it feels really low key and kind of like a, a very small community. So it doesn't feel that intense in a way. Yeah, I no, you're that. right. You're right. Being in the business, it's, you know, you just see all these amazing performers day in, day out and don't think twice about it but then I'll talk to somebody who's not in the business and they'll say oh my god you know you right. got to meet so-and-so right. and I'm like yeah we like I wore, I did a show with them accounts. we just wish it correlated to, to our bank accounts so we're like that's something I would think people think oh Broadway stars and like yeah everyone's catering in between gigs and like exactly they don't realize <laughs> and to me it's even funnier when they you know we have people you know theater actors who do a lot of off-broadway and people don't realize like just how little off-broadway pays and yeah, you know yeah. that that yeah. you know they're they're like doing other gigs in between like you said 
um, because, you know, they're getting paid $600 a week to do that show. And, and, you know, it lasted for six weeks and, but they had to commit to it four months in advance so they couldn't do anything else, (laughs) you know? So it's really, um, it's really interesting, uh, you know, to people's outside perceptions are that, you know, actors who are somewhat well-known are living the high life and it's just, you know, not true. Um, did yeah. you, let me ask you a question. Did you follow the Royals and the Royal family at all before you were cast in the show? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like literally English. So yeah, uh, she has a, you can't avoid it. <laughs> totally. We, yeah, she, the, the Royal family is something that we grew up with and spoke about and, you know, watched in our house, live events and, uh, uh, markers in our life. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting here because, you know, I, I obviously have always watched them. Part of it, you know, the fascination with Diana. Uh, but there's Americans that don't follow them at all and don't understand, like, what it's like to not have the queen anymore when that's all you've ever known for, right. you know, years and years. And, you know, your whole lifetime, there was a queen and now there isn't. Uh, uh-huh. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very different, uh, you know, cultural phenomenon. Um, and, and when everything happened with the queen in my office, we were like, we just want to call Roe and Gina and find out how, what they think. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> she, it's, it's, it, the, the, the country she took on to where she, it left, she left it and the challenges that she had to navigate and, um, so I just think it's a marker in time that we can respect and and appreciate and um, and just just you know not- notice. Yeah, yeah. It's also amazing that the two longest reigning monarchs, who were you know by all accounts of history the ones who reigned over times of change and prosperity and you know the Renaissance, were two women both named Elizabeth, which is, it's incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, You know, we have plays about all the men and, you know, some of them lasted like three years. And then we have these two women who reigned for a long time and, you know, over historic times. yet to be explored. Exactly. Exactly. You've been super busy since you were last at 54 Below. Um, no, thank goodness. <laughs> it's been <laughs> such a fun year. And um, I honestly can't believe it's only September. It feels like I'm doing the Curtains Up concert this week. And last year I did it singing a song for Diana. And it was the first press event of like the press run up to previews. And I can't believe it's only been a year. It, it feels so much longer. Yeah, that's amazing. You um you just did Mary Poppins at the Muni, right? Yes, the Muni was an incredible experience. It, it, for people who don't know, it's huge. It's ten thousand seats. The oh temperatures are over a hundred degrees, oh. like one hundred and five degrees. We're wearing like it's Victorian England. It's Mary Poppins. So I'm wearing like wool underskirt, <laughs> wool coat, jacket, you know, coat, wig, microphone, hat, tights. Um, so it was wildly warm. And um, it was just a blast. Like you, you learn the whole show in ten days. Oh my gosh! And then um, 
And me thinking, oh, I'll be fine. I like looked over it and then I was like, holy smokes, this is quick to learn all this. And then the tech is even pre-tech. So there's not even the slow time of thinking like, where do I come in? It's just you step in it and suddenly you're off, you're flying over the audience. It's all moving. Massive pieces of set are like being pulled in by like guys just pushing it on wheels. And then you're open and then you're open and then you do it 10 times and that's it. Then you closed. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. They Were you flying outside? I was, <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, they have it strung up across the audience. What? And at night, you literally watch the sunset in your show. And then, you know, there were times we're singing on the rooftops, you know, Chim Chimney and stuff. And the moon is literally like glaring at us huge. It was crazy. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. That's crazy. I, that's like a very enormous Shakespeare in the Park in a way. Um, yeah. But it sounds like even Shakespeare in the Park, I, I used to work at the public, has more time <laughs> to prepare because they really do do a full deck. And oh, and if yeah. it's Shakespeare, you know, with every Shakespeare you get in here in the States, this is probably not true in the UK, but in the States, most Shakespeare shows you get an extra week of rehearsal because of the language and trying to get the, you know, timings uh -huh. right and everything. So. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Speaking of dresses, um, from Glinda's bubble dress to Diana's revenge dress, you've worn a lot of uh, iconic costumes and now Mary Poppins. Uh, which one was your favorite and why? Ooh, um, I mean, I think the Diana dresses were my favorite because they were so iconic and they uh, were so part of the storytelling as well in terms of aging me. Yeah, and they, they got it so right. I mean, they're so wonderful. The costume designer really wigs mm -hmm. everything. It's it's pretty amazing what, you know, for an actor, what's it like when you first get that costume? Like, it really does it takes help to get you to character. Oh, yes. Well, also, it takes, I mean, I think I, I stood for fittings, I mean, maybe 100 hours. Wow. I mean, you know, it. they come together, you watch them start to, come together first building them with maudlin you know like thicker materials so they can build mm -hmm. the shape on you and then exploring different fabrics like you know in their mind they're thinking okay down the line we'll replicate this with all the tools you know so like those yeah. first build builds are like really important um yeah but oh my gosh fittings oh if i never have to do a fit another fitting in my <laughs> life will be too soon <laughs> oh, hilarious yeah, it's amazing how iconic her wardrobe became. You know, that revenge dress. Like anytime you see anybody yeah, with that a dress used fashion as her yeah. way of marketing and promoting herself. Yeah. It was uh she was like the first social media star, like building a brand using clothes and using yeah. her image. Yeah, definitely. Um, you made your professional debut on the West End, it says here in my notes, uh, in We Will Rock You, is that right? Yes, that is correct. 
Oh, amazing. I love that show so much. I love that show. That was my first show out of college. Oh my gosh. And how, you know, how, how would you say, uh, well, first of all, tell us about the show, but also tell us about how West End is different from Broadway. Um, so as a performer, even as a performer, I mean, I really only did one. It, it's not, it's the same gig. It's the same gig anywhere in, in the world. You know, you, um, it was a replacement experience. So obviously that's very different to a creation experience. Um, it was also an ensemble cover experience. Um, actually the only time I've ever covered it in my life and I will, and it, I found it so challenging. I, really grew into the role but the first few times I went on I was so nervous and it was absolutely terrifying but it was it, it really pushed me from like college training to professional world what you have to be and the ability you have to be at you know in a very sort of like painful quick learning growth that I was then very grateful for yeah it's yeah. amazing that skill set to be a cover and understudy a swing. I don't think I could ever do it. It's like just to be able to go on thing. in but a moment's as, notice. As well, especially, I mean, as a singer, um, you, you know, everyone develops at different times. Like some people are eight years old and they have that confidence in their voice, but singers aren't just born that it's developed and it's training. And a lot of it is like, learning how to manipulate your voice by listening and stuff. And when you're 21, 22, 23, that's not the finished product of your voice. So there's like a real, whereas the lead who, you know, is, has, is the lead for a reason sounds a certain way, but you're on the learning growth curve. You're not, you, you're, you sh you're not, ex unless you're going to uh, blow everyone out the water and be the next, you know, Sutton Foster replacement. Why isn't she the lead? You're not going to be as equipped, you know, and there is, there's a learning growth to, to, um, to using your voice. And I'm really pleased and grateful that the, uh, the director and the associate directors kept putting me on, you know, that they kept allowing mm -hmm. me to navigate my nerves on stage and, and sing with an, with a band and use a microphone and hold a show and, and allowed me to keep growing. Cause, cause it's really important to yeah. cultivate yeah. talent. I mean, we've just seen people go on so much since we reopened because of <laughs> COVID yeah, that absolutely. it's just, it's it's amazing to see people step it up and you know get the opportunities and um and also realize oh yeah i mean that this has always been true on broadway that we do use our understudies and our swings and our covers 100% but even more so now like you know it seems like you've got to be so ready to go on because you just don't know who's going to end up sick tonight yeah. in the show did you have a lot of um covid absences during diana so this is a crazy story on the final day of our show a lot of people had covid but were undetected and oh, then wow. the next day everybody not everybody like nine ten people including myself oh, so wow. closed with a full cast no one was sick and then the next day we were oh, so gosh one more week our show would have been like half a, half a cast anyway. Oh no. And that would have been so sad for the fans who all bought the last performance. Full cast on that final, final, um, final show. Oh gosh. That's so lucky. Um, in addition to your work on stage, you're the founder of Broadway weekends, 
which tell us about that. It's so fascinating. And I love, love, love the concept. Thank you. So I've been running it since 2017 and we run theater camps for adults in New York city taught by Broadway performers. And it's basically a fantasy camp. And I ran it because it brings me so much joy. I was inspired by my friend who runs yoga retreats and I thought, well, hey, theater, you know, there's a lot of alignment there. Why is there no one that's sort of that way themed? Um, so we, we ran them for two or three years and we had many people return multiple times. Then the pandemic happened and we went virtual. And for 18 months, we hosted over 100 virtual theater classes every single month to stu- thousands of students across 46 countries. Wow. Then in January, right after Diana, we closed, we're not closed, we scaled down. I'll say that again. Then in January, right after the close of Diana, we scaled down our virtual offerings. And now we just offer four virtual classes a month. And obviously we've relaunched our in-person theater camps for adults, um, which now have the added extra focus of facilitating theater teachers' professional development. So we help teachers find funding to come to the professional development experience. And then during the, during the workshops, we also give aid to help teachers sort of document what they're learning and dissect what they're learning to take back to their theater classes. Amazing. Amazing. I love the idea of theater camp. Yeah. It's just also, you know, aside from being fun, it really does empower people it's so silly, but being on a stage, like I'm not an actress, but I remember, you know, I was a costume designer in school and being thrown on stage a couple of times because they needed more fairies or something. It's like, you have to go on. And it just, there's just nothing like it. Even if you're like me, who is not interested or, or too shy to be on a stage, there's just something so empowering and fun and the collaborative aspect of doing a show. It's an adrenaline rush for sure performing in front of people, exposing your voice, you know, is, is an adrenaline rush that can feel scary and weird or can feel endorphin driven and super powerful. And the whole week is really structured and uh, facilitated so that it feels like a safe and supportive environment and that people feel comfortable enough to relieve the pressure off themselves and just enjoy, you know, their voice, their body, their, their, communication ability and all those things and do you take people of all skill levels oh yes absolutely you just have to be over 18 mainly because i don't want to deal with children <laughs> yeah but, that's know, hard yeah people from 18 to we've had people up to 70 years old all looks of life oh, wonderful accountants doctors stay-at-home moms nurses you and now obviously lots of theater educators um but yeah we've had people from all looks of life that's so fun. I love the idea. That's so genius because they have that for sports. You know, I have friends who go to baseball fantasy camp and they're not uh-huh. baseball players, but you right. know, they get to like hit a ball and maybe get a ball signed by a star, you know, a star player. Uh-huh. So why not for the theater? That's so brilliant. So it's called Broadway Weekends. And what's yeah. the website for anybody who's listening? www.broadwayweekends.com. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so this is your second time at 54 Below with a solo show. Um, how, what, tell us about how this show is different than the first one and what's, what to well, expect. 
the first one was very much a comment of what just happened um, <laughs> sort of a hello let's meet again we were just at the lawmaker a month ago <laughs> meet again here and dissect what just happened um whereas this one is it's really the the songs that i over the years have loved to sing that i've sung for years in my shower that i've sung in the car i mean many of them are beyond when i set this goal of this concert in the spring actually um of doing this set list many of the songs were beyond my capability list so it's been a lovely sort of practicing these songs that i find really hard and and saying hey we're going to sing these in public and give it a go um and then obviously i'm going to tell stories and about theater and um it's just gonna be a wonderful night musical theater night amazing well having seen you already perform some you know musical theater songs uh, I don't believe there's anything beyond your capability. I saw your sing being alive, and I'm just waiting for you to star in a production of Company so I can fly out to wherever it is. Um, so it, I think this show is going to be fantastic. Are, are some of the songs that you're singing like from roles that maybe, you know, are roles exactly. that are dream roles? say well actually no not many are ones from roles i've done because i'll do some diana ones and one or two dianas but most of the songs no are not roles i've played uh not roles i've played they're truly like dr dream roles of mine do you know what i mean oh, like fantastic. oh i'd love to sing that song you know oh that's so great and we'd love to have you do all those dream roles one day uh gina thanks so much for joining us today we're so looking thank forward to your show thank you so much You've been listening to the 54 Below podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.